Good afternoon. Rich Nass, Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media. I'm here for this week's Embedded Insiders with technology editor Brandon Lewis. Hello, Brandon. Hi. How are you doing, Rich? It's going to be I 121 here tomorrow. I'm oh, sorry? sorry. I said it's going to be 121 here in Phoenix tomorrow, so I'm getting, oh, getting yeah, all my winter wear. coming through. <laughs> Do you? Maybe we should trade, trade weather. Well, it, I mean, it's, it's better here, but it's, I mean, relatively, it's, it's 90 degrees here, and with the humidity, it's pretty brutal. But um, Yeah, out here's a dry heat. Yes. But, <laughs> yeah, somebody said, would you rather stick your head into the oven or the dishwasher? And <laughs> pretty much sending. Anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about uh, something that came up recently. I was on a trip, and I, was, I went to visit one of the operating system vendors, and it happened to be uh, Mentographics. And we were talking about the fact that they were just acquired by Siemens and, you know, all the good things that come with that. But it sort of dawned to me, and I, I think we might have even had this conversation six months ago, nine months ago, um, the independent operating system guys are few and far between these days, right? Yeah, it seems to me that there are fewer and fewer uh, operating system guys who aren't affiliated with uh, uh, silicon companies. So the ones that just pop pop to mind are you know Wind River um, on one hand, Micrium recently got acquired by Silicon Labs, um, and then you know it's a little bit different but interesting that Mentor got acquired by Siemens. So uh, there are not very many left standing that are truly independent. It's actually quite interesting in this Mentor Siemens case, whereby um, if you run that OS on all the Siemens hardware. That's a pretty big customer that you have there. But you know, as the story goes, you know, every you know the OS guys always say, and I'll probably get in trouble for this, but they always say, oh, we're going to be independent, we're going to be independent, and you know as well as I do, at the end of the day, that that only goes on so long. No comment. So, well, <laughs> no comment. You have to have a comment. We always comment. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, well, you said it yourself. You're probably going to get in trouble, so I don't need to elaborate on that anymore. Okay, that's fair. However, uh, speaking of commenting and getting in trouble, um, we decided to bring in a special guest who is one of those independent operating system vendors. We have Bill Lemay, who is the CEO and the president and the founder and a bunch of other things for Express Logic. Hello, Bill. Hey, Rich. How's it going? It is going great. How are you doing? Good. Uh, on the weather report here, it's only about 90 degrees in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about San Diego weather because it's always the same. It's always nice, so we're not even going to get into that. Every <laughs> once in a while, we get these darn palm trees that cast a shadow. It makes us think it's a cloud, but otherwise it's... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, did you hear the discussion, Brandon, and I were, were just having about the uh, lack of independent operating system vendors? Oh, yeah. We, hear, we actually have that discussion here almost daily, it seems, uh, these days. I'm sure you do, and I'm sure you're going to tell us why it's so important to be independent, right? Well, you know, uh, I, I probably shouldn't. This is kind of like you getting into trouble because, uh, Lord forbid, we're acquired by a semiconductor company and you <laughs> replay this tape. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, really, it is, it's so hard, uh, almost impossible for, uh, for an RTOS company to become acquired by a semiconductor company, or at least a company with a primary focus of semiconductors because it basically alienates you from all the other uh, semiconductors in the world. Uh, we've seen that with Micrium recently. Uh, to some degree, even Wind River in the past when they were acquired by Intel, I'm not sure that every company tried to shun them, but it really changed the focus inside of Wind River. 
So it's, it's just really hard for an Artos company to achieve revenue and earnouts and everything like that and focus on the semiconductor company's priorities as well. So it's just real tough. Okay. Um, I actually think Wynn did a very good job of, of really remaining independent for quite a long time. And, and it seemed to me that it was actually maybe not their decision, but it, an Intel decision to say, okay, enough already. You guys are, are part of us. But they had to know that going in. So you have to say, okay, I'm spending X number of dollars on this company knowing that they're going at some point they'll only do business with us. Um, I'm guessing you've been approached by other folks to be acquired. I mean, <laughs> is there some number where you have to say, okay, that makes sense? And I'm not saying to be acquired, but to stop doing business with everybody else? Yeah. I mean, there's always a number. Anyone that's in business that has a business, if there isn't a number, then you're really not in business. Uh, so there's, there's always a number. Uh, we, uh, our official position here is that we're not, um, we're not up for sale. So we're trying to grow the business organically ourselves um, and stay away from that type of acquisition, uh, certainly from semiconductor companies. Now, you know, it could change, and maybe there's a, a model that might work. Uh, maybe there's something that we haven't thought of, um, which does happen. So, uh, so we're open to ideas, but in general, we have the uh, not-for-sale sign-up. But isn't, in general, the model where somebody gets acquired is that they offer you more money than you can refuse? That's it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, Bill, uh, too, that you have to imagine happens when uh, semiconductor companies acquire some of these operating system companies is, outside of just the base perception from industry, is that the semiconductor companies say, okay, we have this operating system here. Uh, let's start selling, quote, I'm doing air quotes, solutions. Um, and sometimes selling solutions means sticking your hand into the operating system itself to try and tune it towards the silicon that you have available because you know the silicon guys are going to be saying well we've already invested you know, millions upon millions of dollars into our and you know uh, producing this this processor uh, so the operating guys operating system guys can just modify uh, the kernel a little bit and have it go do you see that ever happening or do you know of any use cases where that's uh, occurred in industry uh, yeah, that can happen uh, and does happen. It's really, I think the bigger problem with the operating system guys is the focus on the architecture and all the nuances, all the peripherals, all the other middleware support, those kind of things, rather than uh, self-tuning inside the OS. Now, there is an exception. Uh, companies that are doing uh, maybe some hardware acceleration of the RTOS, uh, that might warrant a, a modification inside the RTOS that would be proprietary to just that semiconductor company and the RTOS. But I think the bigger problem with the, uh, you know, with the merger of a, an RTOS company and a semiconductor company is just the distraction. Um, Would you elaborate on that when you say distraction? Well, uh, so if I'm a semiconductor company and I buy an RTOS, I want to have that complete solution. And to get that complete solution, I need to take all the, uh, or, uh, the lion's share of the RTOS resources and have them focus on the complete solution for all the processor lineup with inside the semiconductor company. Uh, and that will more or less eat up all the resources the RTOS company, you know, used to have for being agnostic. Okay. I, I mean, I would think that you'd want to do that anyway, wouldn't you, as an RTOS company? Oh, you have to pick and choose your battles, you know, so... so oh, and now somebody's picking your battles for you. Yeah, now someone has picked, you know, you're going to be, you know, the battle is making sure all these, you know, uh, semiconductor XYZ companies' processors are supported with the full solution. Uh, normally, what we would do is we would use market demand 
to make that decision. So maybe we have to support an ST part uh, because we see lots of interest in it. We just let the market dictate where we throw our support. It's like Adam Smith's invisible hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but when you have the, you know, when, you, when it's dictated, you know, then, you know, of course, you don't have that choice anymore. Now Adam Smith's invisible hand is tied. Understood. But is, is, is it fair to say if you love the Silicon Labs architecture, now you're at a big advantage because they're really going to fine-tune that operating system for that architecture? Well, in terms of the operating system, um, Silicon Labs architecture is a Cortex-M. Mm-hmm. You know? So they're all Cortex-Ms. Right. You know, so really, you know, again, the, the tuning primarily is more in the middleware and the integration of the total solution. Kind of what we do on the Synergy platform for Renaissance, that whole platform is tuned. Um, and, and largely from on the Renaissance side, you know, they're doing the lion's share of the inter- engineering integration work, uh, but they have that focus because they've done the licensing with us. Interesting. How often, um, how often do you uh, see a, se- a semiconductor company coming in and working with you, Bill, and Express Logic uh, to take over the lion's share of the integration work? We're seeing that a lot more. We have a lot of interest from other semiconductor companies outside of Renaissance looking to do a similar type of model. Uh, And it really does make sense. The operating system company stays neutral or stays independent, stays relevant, which is probably more important, uh, and yet you can get the complete solution by just diverting the resources into our total package. Hmm, That's interesting. So now you're opening up your, I hate the phrase opening your kimono, but... Um, you know, to out, outsiders to to tweak your OS. Are you okay with that, especially since you're the guy who wrote it to begin with? Well, you know, again, it's not so much tweaking. Uh, this is mostly integration work. Uh, we have had no one from the outside, including Renaissance or anyone else, has actually tweaked the in, internals of the OS. So ThreadX, you know, looks the same whether it's on an NXP part or a Renaissance part or a NXP part. It looks identical. Obviously, nobody can improve up on what you've done, right? <laughs> Once you have perfection, you know, there's really nowhere to go. <laughs> Wouldn't um, I like that to be the case? <laughs> so uh, I think we only have time for a couple more questions, but one of them for you, Bill, is say that there's a major uh, major uh, silicon part release. You know, it's like an STM32 family launches or, you know, I.MX, a new series comes out. Uh, what percentage of your uh, development workforce do you say that you dedicate to uh, getting one of those family, getting ThreadX up and running for one of those families? It varies quite a bit on what's there and how much is different from what was there. Mm-hmm. So on the case of ST, for instance, they have a pretty uh, solid BSP that we can leverage and have leveraged in the past. So to get a complete Xware IoT platform solution up and running on, on an ST part, that's usually a, a one to two week effort uh, okay. for a new processor, as long as the BSP and the, and the chip itself isn't too radically different. Uh, nine times out of ten, STs were using IP, and they're also keeping a common API for their BSP library. So it, it's really pretty simple. Now, if you change that to a, a different architecture, you know things vary. Uh, you know, again, depending on how good the BSP is and how much radical changes happened in the hardware. Just out of curiosity of, of that development work that you just described, how much do you personally do? Uh, pretty much none of that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much none of that. Um, I oversee it um, more at a, at a high level and uh, probably even more at a QA level than, uh, uh, than actually doing any of the integration these days. 
Okay, there were a lot of jokes there, but I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Left it behind. Left it in Phoenix, and he's oh. out in San Diego now. <laughs> well, thank you, Bill. Thank you very much for answering all of our questions, for answering honestly, and for not pulling any punches with us. We 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 always appreciate that from you. So great, you. yeah. Always nice talking with you guys. You too. Bill Lamy, he is the president and CEO of Express Logic. I am Rich Nass. I'm the executive vice president for the Embedded Group for Open Systems Media, and that other deep voice was Brandon Lewis, technology editor for Embedded Community Design. Have a great day, everybody.